Hi guys, I'm Claire. And I'm Katie. And welcome back to the Margarita Madness podcast. Woohoo! Woohoo! So exciting. Back <laughs> at it again, virtually, sadly. I know, I had to go back to school, so we're virtually again. Very sad. Over Very FaceTime. Sad. We're hoping our, our we don't have technical difficulties this week. Yeah, my Wi-Fi just likes to cut out at really not great times. Well, knock so. on wood, people that are listening, that it's going well. Knock on wood, we should be fine. Because as you know, if you listened to last week's episode, we had enough technical difficulties last week. We did. Where we just straight up didn't record half of it, but it's okay. You know what? We're just going to put positive energy into the world. It's going to work good this week. Positive vibes all around. So. Positive vibes. What was the highlight of your week, Claire? Um... Oh my gosh, I we literally do this every week. Every I, week I ask, okay. and every week we don't um, know the answer. Okay, I think the highlight of my week, um, well, I guess my dad's birthday, which is funny, because I mean, I guess that was like what I was looking forward mm-hmm. to this week, but it was really good, it was really fun. She decorated. Um, yeah, I'm a, I'm a very, hit me up for all your party decorating needs. <laughs> Who needs um, geography when you can be a party planner? Yeah, after this assignment, considering dropping out and <laughs> uh, pursuing my career in party planning. You um, Side party business. Decorating. Party decorating. Party decorating. Um, I heard. Yeah, so, anyway, my dad's birthday was really great. Um, and I guess other than that, my highlight was submitting this assignment that I've been working on for, like, almost three weeks. Yay! Last night at, like, 2 a.m., which... It's not like me at all. Sometimes you just gotta do what you gotta do. Did I mention in last week's episode that I actually saw Claire walking down the street with her items for this project? She was, and so I took a picture no, for it and sent it to her. Oh, it was for a like different project. Sorry, for a project, different project like, that she yeah. was doing. I sent a picture of her and I went, what are you doing? And she said, that's just my four liter bottle of distilled water that I need for my project. And I thought, what is geography? Like, what is this degree? Well, um, it, It's a very interesting degree to say the least basically for those of you who are like what is this girl on it was just long story short i'm doing this study for one of my classes on like soil and for one of the equipment you need like distilled water so you know what we'll just leave we'll just leave it at that um yeah so <laughs> anyways my highlight yeah so what was your highlight of the week uh, I also used these as what I was looking forward to last episode, but I um, came back to school, which is exciting, even though I had to leave home, and I went golfing with my whole family on Saturday, which was nice, so I got to see my brother, because he didn't have reading week, so I didn't see him. Um, right. Oh, fall, fall golf. It was a cold round, <laughs> but it was a pretty good yeah. one. Oh, that's good. That's good. Yeah. Glad you all got out there. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> really, really, the true golfers who go hardcore. Even uh, who go until the courses close. Yes. When do when do courses close? Like November. Uh, beginning of November, if the weather is good, depending on the course, okay. it's open later. Yeah. 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 Well, I guess we'll get into the case for this week. Mm-hmm. So, um, our last case. Bryce Les Pisa, I said, was kind of the uh, male version of the case that we're going to talk about, which yeah. um, we're talking about the case of Maura um, Murray today, the missing case of Maura Murray. 
And if you, I feel like I say this a lot, but I feel like if you're a true crime person, you really have heard of this case. Like there's been so many documentaries and so many podcasts and there's actually a whole entire podcast series with like over 200 episodes about this case 200 Um, that's so long yeah if this is like an insane case so which is like probably for the reason i always say which is where do these people go when they go missing every time every episode we say this like like claire gets so pressed over missing persons cases i just don't understand I really, it, it really boggles my mind. Um, Just to preface for those who are listening, we are not doing 200 episodes or whatever. No, so um, <laughs> this is actually quite an overview of the case because there's just so much, like, we can't do it in, like, one podcast episode. Yeah. So for recommendations, if you really want to take a deep dive on this podcast, I would go to the Missing Maura Murray podcast, which is really good. Um, and I actually listened to it. And so, um, yeah, give that a listen if you're looking for a real, real deep dive. Um, so I guess to start off, our story starts off in February 2004. Um, Maura was 21 years old and attending um, the University of Massachusetts. Um, she had transferred from West Point University and she was pursuing nursing. Um, so she was described as kind of your typical, like, all-American girl. I feel like so many people are just described normal. like that. Like, just all normal American. kids, yeah. Yeah. So she was one of four kids. She was a star athlete in cross-country and track. Um, can't relate. Um, <laughs> in Maura's sophomore year, she started dating this guy named Bill. Um, Bill. They were the perfect bill we love bill um he was this is one of the cases where the boyfriend or husband didn't do it so we love that wow could we know that for sure pretty pretty much um in maura's sophomore year oh yeah she started dating bill um they were the perfect couple on the outside and they even stayed together when she transferred to umass um and they were like basically set to be engaged um so when she was at umass she worked two part-time jobs um, and as part of her study she did a clinical which required travel and her car was rough like in rough shape (laughs) so her dad came down in early february to go car shopping um, and the plan was for her and her dad to come back the next weekend to actually buy the car so after they go and they do their car shopping they like decide on the car they grab a bike eat with one of Maura's friends, Kate. Um, Maura then goes to a party with Kate and another friend, Sarah. Um, after this party is over, Maura returns the car to her dad at the hotel. And she actually gets into an accident on the way. So she runs into a guardrail and does about $10,000 in damage. That's not good. Um, not yeah, ideal. That's not good. Um, and so after all of this, she ends up at her dad's motel, um, and she calls her boyfriend at like four forty nine in the morning. That's so specific. Four forty nine. Um. Well, this kind of like this whole incident kind of lends like maybe why she would have wanted to like run. Run away. We'll get, we'll get into it. But um. So and he tries to calm her down. 
So the next morning, Brett, her dad, drives her back to the dorm. Uh, Mora is upset, and Fred says that everything is going to be okay, but is mad. Um, like, obviously, like, he, he tried to be like, you know, like, everything's okay, but, like, I'm not, like, you know, like, happy or whatever. Yeah. Um, and Mora leaves, and this was the last time Fred sees her. Um, I just want to point out, I was not laughing at this. I was laughing because Katie was correcting a typo. Um, <laughs> I just, I just want to point that out because, like, this isn't, like, funny, but, like, <laughs> I, have- I knew exactly when I did it, and you were laughing that that's exactly what you were laughing at. It was supposed to be next, and I had it written as nest, which is obviously a word, so it didn't show up as, like, wrong, but but it was wrong in the context, yeah. (laughs) We love that. All right, anyways, so he talks to her one more time. A few hours later on the phone about the insurance for the car, saying that she needs to pick up some accident forms she needs to fill out. Ooh, that doesn't sound fun. Nope. But I guess that's what you get when you get into an accident, (laughs) After this call, there was very little info about what Maura did next. Uh, she spent some time looking at rental properties in New Hampshire, gets directions from Amherst to Burlington, Vermont. This is strange because class has just started, so, like, what is she doing? Yeah, like, why would she need, like, a break or, like... To leave? You know, a trip or whatever to leave, yeah. Weird. Um... <laughs> So, from cell phone records, she made a couple of calls on the afternoon of Monday, February 9th. At 12.55, she calls Bartlett, New Hampshire Rentals. She has been there before, and her dad is convinced she went there to go away for the weekend. So, you know. Yeah, I got... Okay. Yeah, I guess because there's a lot of debate on, like, whether she was just trying to get away and, like, something happened to her along the way, or if she's actually trying to, like run away so interesting um, okay yeah i guess they're saying because like she was familiar with it she like would have wanted to go there yeah yeah all right she emails her boyfriend bill to say she doesn't feel like talking but will call later all right at Mm -hmm. 205 she calls it 1-800-GO-STOW which is a (laughs) reservation line for hotels in, in the stowe vermont area I just gotta say, like, so this was 2004, like, it's just so crazy how technology has, like, Advanced. changed, yeah. because you wouldn't, like, really call a number like this anymore, like, it's, it's just so You just funny. go on the website or whatever. Yeah, or, like, sending an email instead of texting. Yeah. Like, it's just so funny. What? Uh, <laughs> a few minutes later, she calls Bill and leaves a voicemail just saying that she loved him. Maura then Aww. emails her professors that there has been a death in the family and she will be out the week. Um, sorry, Maura, but sus? Yeah, because, yeah, this is sus. <laughs> and obviously this wasn't true, so that's what's sus. The same yeah. day she returns some clothes to a friend, I guess, that she was borrowing. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh... <laughs> Oh, I have nest again. Again, not laughing at the case. It's not funny, but Claire's typos make me laugh. <laughs> the next movement we know is at 3.30 p.m. She leaves the Amherst campus in her car. She stops at the ATM and takes out $280, which is basically all of her money. She then stops at a liquor store and buys a bottle of Kahlua, a bottle of Bailey's, and a bottle of vodka, and a box of wine, as indicated by the receipt. Just a regular Thursday. <laughs> at 3 30 p.m yes 
I too feel the need to purchase these things at, on a Tuesday at 3.30 p.m. sometimes. First indication that she might have been traveling with someone or going to meet someone because of all the of all the stuff, yeah. yeah. After this, she gets back on the road and goes north. She checks her email at her voicemail, so sorry, at 4.37, which is the last activity on her cell phone. By 7.30, it is dark and cold and even slippery on the winding roads. Not good. I know where this is leading. Oh, no. No one is entirely sure how she ended up where she did. She traveled on Route 116 to 91 and then 91 to Route 112 East. Not that I know where any of this is because, you know, the U.S., but just let you know. Mm-hmm. At some point, she got off the main road and was in a town called Haverhill, New Hampshire, yeah. and was driving on wild, we don't know how to say this word, amnesia, amnesia <laughs> road. Again, not and that I, we know where this is, but uh, around 725, her car goes off the road. Some kind of accident she ends up in in the opposite lane into oncoming traffic. Ooh, I have like chills. I she's like so scary (laughs) she crashed in front of a woman named faith's house who calls the police at 727 to report the crash she is asked if anyone is hurt and she says she doesn't know just minutes after a local man named butch atwood comes driving (laughs) comes driving by in a bus and he is asked (laughs) if she is okay and needed help again not funny but why is he in a bus this this is not funny especially because like some people suspect he had something to do with it so it, it but it's just like just somebody some man just like rolling up in a bus like. why does why is he in a bus why is he the only one on a big bus i'm just confused who knows who knows he said that she seemed shook up but said not to call the police she already had called caa she was lying he said because there's no self service in that area oof Oof. Okay, Mora. Girl, Mora, why, why, why you lying? Again, sucks. <laughs> Knowing that she is lying and doesn't have help, he goes home and places a call to 911 to report the accident. This call is at 7.40. When he called, the line was busy, so the operator calls him back at 7.43, reports the accident involving a single female. I just gotta point this out. Like, you get... You, you get a busy signal when you call 911, like, I, girl, like, what if it was, like, a murder, robbery in progress, like, oh, I'm sorry, line busy, just gonna have to call you I personally have never had to call 911, but I don't think that that's a thing, like, there's no way, with the amount of operators that you have. I just, like, maybe because it was a small town? I don't know. I don't know, like, that just, that just seemed, that just seems Wrong? Yeah, Like, what? (laughs) Someone count how many times we say sus in this episode and let us know. Fun drinking game. (laughs) No, don't do it. Drink responsibly. True. Very, very true. Anyways, not funny. Going back to the story. (laughs) At 7.46, the first officer responds and no one is there. All that was left was the car itself. When Cecile looks inside, the airbags had been deployed and there was a crack on the windshield over the driver's seat. But the car had been locked. Um, oh, Cecil, the police officer. Oh, Cecil. <laughs> in the back seat, there is a box of wine, and there is some something pink dumped in the snow and splatter marks in the car. 
so much something pink was it, it was said that there was a coke bottle that smelled like alcohol i mean she did buy a lot of alcohol yeah a lot then state police and EMTs arrive. As the EMTs are walking around the car, they find something that changes the case. Wow, the suspense. This is, yeah. So when one of the EMTs is circling the car, he finds a rag stuck in the tailpipe. And this is kind of like one of the biggest, I don't know, like questions about this case is like whether um, she put it there or somewhere else. Um, and there, or someone else. Um, the reason why is because she was having like car trouble, as we know about her car problems earlier on. And her dad had kind of told her this trick of putting a rag in the tailpipe to keep it from. I'm not a car guy, like doing something like backfiring or something. Um, not a and I'm not a car guy. person, but that doesn't sound right. <laughs> um, so there's a lot of there's a lot of debate as to like whether someone put it there when she like stopped for gas or whatever um, yeah. and like waited for her to stall out and like need help and like take her or if she put this there I mean obviously we don't know um, but despite this um, you know like the police don't treat it as a crime scene at the time uh, because as far as they know it's just like a, a crash where someone's kind of like walked off um, but when Butch was interviewed, he said that she um, was a little bit, like, shook up, but didn't seem uh, intoxicated at all. But because of the wine, police um, kind of make the assumption that she walked away willingly. So they don't really try too hard to find her that night. I mean, I guess they thought she was just scared that she would be, like, caught for drunk driving. Yeah. Um, so there had been some assumptions that she was going in the wrong and so there obviously had to be some assumption that she was going in the direction like that the car was going that she was traveling but for some reason no one actually went looking in that direction also which is a little a little weird um, every time we read about cases like this the police are also sus for absolutely no reason yeah yeah so i don't know like why they didn't look that way like you think they would look at the way the car was like traveling and going yeah um so they call her dad fred about the crash the next day um and he mentions at this point that maybe Mora went into the woods to hurt herself um because she was depressed which is obviously really like sad um that but, is sad, is but what... it's an interesting thought that he just was like maybe she's in the woods yeah yeah so this will actually come back in a bit um so people close to Mora at this point they immediately traveled to new hampshire to help search for her um when his her boyfriend is traveling there he gets a weird message when he listens to the voicemail after his flight he hears um a weird whimpering sound on his voicemail i just have to um, say every time it gets to like this kind of point in the story i get like chills i'm like i know <laughs> i know literal chills and um so when they traced this like this is interesting something I just kind of learned recently like when they traced this it actually came back to a phone with a prepaid calling card and because it's like a prepaid calling card they can't actually like trace the phone like who, yeah, who for sure but but Mora used prepaid calling cards I mean which is crazy um so a lot of people think this was Mora yeah um so 
in New Hampshire at the crash site, um, they set up a command post and kind of work out from the crash site. Um, so dogs were brought out 11 days after this. Oh, I gotta say, I love when dogs are, I just love doggos. But again, um, this seems sus by the police for it to be 11 days later. Like, yeah, maybe they can still track the scent, but why would you do it so much later? I know, I know. It didn't seem, well, because I guess maybe because they didn't think that she was a missing person, really, at this point. Like, I, maybe they thought she was still just, like, kind of hiding or something. I don't know. Um... So they track her scent from the crash site um, about 100 feet up the road, and then the scent um, disappears, which um, Fred kind of questions the accuracy of this because the gloves that they use for, like, the baseline for the dogs uh, were new. So it wouldn't have been, like, something that she had really been, like, wearing and, like, really had her scent. Um, but if this is right, this means that whatever happened likely had to do with her getting into another car, whether like intentional, like, I I don't know, maybe she was like running off with someone or whatever. Um, or maybe like something more similar, sinister, right? Um, but the family tends to lean towards like it being something more sinister because they don't think she would like leave her family that long yeah so then as we see a lot like a kind of rift or like friction i guess starts between family and the police um and the more they insist that something bad had happened the the more the police kind of said that she ran away because she was drinking and driving and like afraid of that um so but it's not just the scene that makes the police um, think she wants to wanted to run away. Um, this is actually kind of crazy. So four days before she disappeared, she gets a call late at night at work. Um, I think she worked at like a dining hall or something like that's like a card um, swiper. So late at night and she gets a call and um, her boss said that she was so like distraught and all and like crying and like freaking out and all more I could say is my sister um and like that's all she could get out so her boss like takes her and makes sure she's okay and like walks Mora home um and Mora says like you know like her boss like asks her if she wants her to stay and Mora's like no like it's okay my roommate's home um but again Mora's lying she doesn't have her roommate so like I just like, understand like sus again <laughs> yeah like this girl is just I, like something that's like why would she even like lie about that or whatever like this yeah, makes sense i just i don't know like Who i knows? guess i understand like maybe not wanting to have your like boss stay in your home but you could just be like i'm okay like yeah i'll call someone yeah yeah so um her sister says that there was nothing special about that call really like nothing that would upset mora so much which is even more weird because like was she so this is kind of like why was she why would she do this right like was it just to get out of work um like you know also like with the faking um like her uh death family was she just trying to use things like this to get out of responsibilities or what like we don't know um these are like a lot of the questions we have like i think why this case is so like big and like a lot of people wonder um so her car had a bag of clothes toiletries and her school books um 
which a lot of people point to, like, if she was going to harm herself or, like, run away or, like, anything like that. Why like, would she, she wouldn't bring be, it? Yeah. yeah she would I wouldn't be bringing, I wouldn't be bringing my school book. <laughs> I'd probably be running away because of school. So, like, um but along with that was also a book called not without peril which is a book that talks about people who went into the white mountains in new hampshire and either died or were harmed so is this a sign or is it innocent like this could go a bunch of ways because her father says it's just simple it was like um one of one of her favorite books um kind of weird that she's gonna go there if she like yeah knows what happens there i just yeah don't know. so well i guess like one of her his her favorite books it, like reminds her of like the area because like she visited there with her family yeah I so know. i don't know i don't know um so you know this is kind of you know th- there are a few sightings one that kind of popped out was uh, a woman uh who after Mora, you know, went missing, says that um, she saw a girl who looked like Mora at a gas station with an older man, um, and the girl looked distressed, and the girl um, Mel helped me when they, like, made eye contact. Uh, which, honestly, like, I wonder why this girl just didn't, like, call the police, police or, like, take, or take the license plate or something. Like, yeah. Um so honestly other than this there is no new real like information or leads the only thing is like i didn't know how in depth to go about this or exactly where to put this but basically um more like you know when we when we at the beginning when we were talking about like how she's like this all-american girl she actually did have a lot of demons and wasn't really as she's seen which i feel like a lot of people are like obviously I feel like you're going to be described a lot better, like, if you go missing or, like, whatever. Yeah, like, the dad says in the middle of the story, like, she was depressed and whatever, which Mm -hmm. wasn't mentioned before. Yeah, and there are some little things, like, you know, the um, accidents and minor um, theft. She actually, uh, one story I specifically remember is she stole a credit card and ordered pizzas, and that's how she got like busted for it um so yeah like just things like that where you know and then also there was like a history of kind of um some like mental illness and like drug problems in her family which obviously isn't bad but a lot of people are just like you know is it so out of character that this girl might have like run away right um and and that's basically it. Like that's the case in a nutshell. And now it's been sixteen um, years, and we're all uh, still confused. Still no idea. Um, yeah. So this is yeah. Like this is kind of the female version, or I guess priceless pizza was later. So this would be priceless pizza would be the male version of this. But yeah. both kind in both cases, you know, they kind of started acting a little bit weird before. Like they went missing, and we just we just don't know. Yeah, we just Do don't you know. Tell us your thoughts upon. Um. Okay. So I have a, like I I don't even know my thoughts on this. You know, it's just so crazy. But yeah, I I have to go the route. Okay, I have two theories. Um. One, 
like I don't think that she just went out like on her own I think that she either did panic and go off into the woods to try to run away like the woods off the road and someone something happened to her there like someone took her or something um and I don't know just because of the dogs and the sighting of her at the gas station which of course like you know sightings can be wrong something or they can be nothing yeah but I don't know I'm inclined to believe that she was taken somehow I agree. I I think there's a lot of routes that this could have gone, but in my mind, it feels like because of her demons, like maybe she was trying to get away to begin with, but she had to have been taken in my mind. That like there's just that's what I think. Like I don't think she like I think she was maybe trying to get away for a week. Like hence why she like told her professors, but I I don't think that she like intentionally was going to go missing i don't know i just feel like that's pretty hard to do yeah um and but that but then who knows like i don't know i trust all those <laughs> so like um yeah so those are my thoughts but like not that i'm even rolling something out like maybe she did just peace out like want to you know run away from her life but uh, i don't know i i think i think something happened to her I think the exact, I don't know, is what everyone feels like. No one actually knows. I know, exactly. I think every time we do a case like this, we're all like, I don't know. Like, we just don't know the answers. Yeah. What do you think? I, yeah, I definitely feel like it was probably she wanted to get it away for a while. Mm -hmm. For a while, that's why she did the, like, freaked out about the phone call that was actually nothing. Like, lied about the death. Like, like, got up and left, essentially. But, and, like, returned all her clothes to her friends. Like, all this stuff. But yeah. I think that something had to have happened. Like, she had to have been taken. There's just... Yeah. Something, something, something had to have happened along the way. way. yeah. But then the only part that makes me question this is there was so little time between, like, Butch making the call after seeing her there and someone so Butch? Like, coming. So it's just... So that's why. So I Butch don't know, is sus, of, is what I'm hearing. A, lo- a, a lot of people think Butch is sus. He kind of is. <laughs> but, but I, I don't know. Like it. I, yeah, I guess I don't know. I, I think, I think a lot of people come to the conclusion that she was somehow taken or mm-hmm. something bad befell her. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Spooky. Yeah. It's very spooky. Spooky season. I was just gonna it's, say it is spooky season. This is going. Oh, I guess this will be going up kind of close to Halloween. So kind of. <laughs> oh, we should do an extra special Halloween episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So I guess I guess that's yeah. That's I, there's case. just not much more else for us to say about it because we don't know. Yeah. Again, I mean, there's a lot more information in terms of her personal background that I kind of touched on at the end there there's just so much that it was like hard to really get into it but yeah but there's those episodes like you said so if you really want to know yeah so if, about if, if you really yeah if you really want to know you can go to the missing Maura Murray podcast or honestly like crime junkie most popular true crime podcast that yeah. you probably know if you're listening to this one um have covered this case um but yeah it's honestly pretty crazy like mm-hmm. wild 
Um, and I guess before we end, we will get into what we're looking, looking forward, forward to this to. week. Uh, I never know what to say because I feel like my life is just the same over and over and over again. I know. It's hard in like this COVID time. Because like the weekdays feel like the weekends exciting. and the weekends feel like the weekdays. Like it's just all the same. There's nothing that exciting. I know. And it's yeah. like, it, it's like Groundhog Day. <laughs> you know, like that, mo- that movie where like yes, every day is I the do same. Know what you mean. Love that movie. I um, I'm excited for practice. Going home mm-hmm. for practice on Thursday. Other than that, not much going on. Um, I don't know if I said this on the podcast yet, but I actually got uh, matched with a placement for my placement next semester. Yay! That's so exciting. Yeah. So that's exciting. So I just sent in my email to set up an er- interview. So hopefully that goes well. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just feel like there's not that much else going on in my life. Uh, what about you? Um, yeah, I mean, kind of same. Not much going on. Um, I guess I'm looking forward. What am I looking forward to? I, uh, I um, <laughs> I guess I'm looking forward to this weekend, I guess. It's, it's supposed to be a a beautiful weekend and you know hopefully you will get outside and and enjoy the weather and you know again nothing like super exciting we gotta (laughs) like enjoy the small things i'm looking forward to a nice fall weekend you know nice fall weekend sounds the vibes the vibes vibes. because soon it's gonna be like that winter weather Mm. it's like i'm a fan i'm a fan of the in-between seasons oh i am honestly um like i'm i like fall and spring I like summer. Um, I, I do like summer, but I'm one of those people who, although I I do love summer, I just don't fare well in heat. Like those thirty five degree days are just not. Oh, I know. Me. I know you don't. <laughs> but then, but then I love summer. Like I'm torn. You know. I know. Oh, um, I thought of something the, really exciting that I'm actually doing. So ooh, big announcement! Uh, I found up, something. <laughs> I know. Buckle up. You heard it here first, people. <laughs> me and my mom are gonna go for dinner Friday night. <gasps> to my favorite restaurant in Brantford. It has the best gluten-free food. It's called The Sociable. If you're here, you should go over there. It's so good. I don't know if it's a chain, but it's so good. What's it like being at a place in, in phase, not in phase two, where you can actually go for dinner? Well, here's the thing. Brantford always had low cases, but then when places started to go into whatever, they started opening restaurants and things, now like things are like deciding if they should stay open. Like Our school gym is open but they're like should we stay open are we gonna be open like all this stuff so so far they haven't closed anything again but i guess we'll see we will see i know it's just a big like we will see like waiting game fearful who even knows yeah yeah i mean like it's obviously ideal for them to close if it's because of safety but like it still sucks if things are gonna i know i know wear your mask people wash your hands stay safe Stay all apart. We'll, we'll, we'll get through this. <laughs> I promise. I promise. Claire giving I all the important you. information out there. I follow your local health guidelines. Like, do all you need to do. Like, follow I don't your know. local like, health guidelines. I don't know. Like, do what you need to do. People, like, buck up. There's a you sign know? in my neighborhood at home that says, do your part, stay apart. <laughs> yep, yep. Retweet all those cheesy, like. Have things. you seen those ones around Toronto? Yep. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> what? Um, yeah. Well. Yeah. <laughs> on that note of us trying to give you pandemic advice, we should go. 
Yeah, well, um, thank you guys so much for listening and tuning in. And we will be back next Thursday, as always. We haven't picked a topic for next Thursday. So if you have a suggestion, I know we say this all the time, like DM us, whatever. But if you have something you really want us to talk about, please let us know. Seriously, don't be afraid. I know, really, please just do it. Someone, anyone who's listening, please DM me. (laughs) Uh, Our podcast Instagram is at Margarita Madness Podcast. And my Instagram is at Katie.Bodison. And I'm at Clara Dotto Hagen. Someone, anyone out there, please just send me a DM for fun. Like, I just, even if it's not about the episode, send me anything. Is anybody out there? Is anybody <laughs> yes. That's actually how we feel. Is, is anyone out there? Oh, <laughs> my friend Danica is in the background of me and Claire's FaceTime waving her hand because she is out there. Danica, our biggest fan. Our biggest supporter. Please. <laughs> biggest supporter. Please DM us. <laughs> All right. Um... We, we hope, hope you guys you... have a wonderful week. <laughs> I was just going to say that. Um, stay safe, stay happy, stay <laughs> healthy. And we will see you next Thursday, guys. Have a good week. Bye. Bye.